Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I don't see a single bridge up. Um, well, I've looked up and down the river from our vantage point here at the I, WGN Towers downtown. I was here on time today. I, um, what, was, what does that I mean? Saw, What's that supposed well, to mean? Well, no, I'm, I was just mentioning that Andy, I was were here you late? Plenty of time. Uh, I know. I don't recall being late. I was here on time. Yeah. Well, I was, you know. I, I, so what's the deal with you saying I, I was here on here, time? I just wanted to, you know, reiterate that I was here on time and watched the first I'm such lifting. a good employee. I was here on time. <laughs> no, I'm a gold star employee. <laughs> like anybody would know at that hour of the morning anyway. As I said, I was here on time, on time because yeah. I wanted to see the first lifting of the bridges. Oh, and it was a moment of inspiration. Put that in his permanent file. Wow. It was a moment of excitement and inspiration. One bridge was up and you have got a moment of inspiration. Well, no. We saw DuSable Lakeshore Drive, then Columbus, and oh, one then by Michigan. One, one, one by, by one. one. Oh. Yes. And this will go on periodically uh, throughout the day today. They'll end at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Let's see a single one open right now. I'd like a moment of inspiration. <laughs> Not that being here with you guys is... is <laughs> I would certainly think that would be a, an inspiring... Seems like that would be enough for a guy. Absolutely. Yes. But I still would like to experience what you did when you came to work on time. Well, you can ask Andy and Jess here in the news, Jessica in the newsroom, and engineer Bob. Uh, I was I was inspired, right, Andy? He was taking photographs left and right, oh, so geez. if you ask him nicely, I'm sure he'll provide and show you one of those photographs. I'd be happy to. Okay, good. So that also means that if I avoid him most of the morning, I don't have to see any of the pictures? <laughs> Correct. Is there? <laughs> oh, there's a bridge that's up. <laughs> Inspiration. There's something else snarling traffic. There was only traffic. one thing wrong. What? They were going in the opposite direction, going that meaning the season is over now, rather yeah. than going out. So they shouldn't the be going toward the lake. No, they're but going they away. Were, they were going. No, no, no. They were all going away from the lake. Yeah, that's why well, I said they're taking their boats in. That's right. But that means that's the end of the season for now. And I'm, I'm I was sad about that. I think I'm getting a moment of inspiration. <laughs> Anybody got any excedrin? I think I'm getting in the ho- Halloween spirit. You're like three weeks late. <laughs> what do you mean? Everybody's been selling costumes for like the last three weeks. Oh, no, they've been selling them since July 4th. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know why I got uh, inspired when I went to uh, do my uh, grocery shopping like I always do on Saturday morning. Carefully covering my groceries so no one can uh, shopping cart judge me. Uh, I was inspired by the aisles and aisles of Halloween candy. It's not getting any That's cheaper, by the new. way. No, it's not. Those uh, variety packs because we have a little neighborhood where they they celebrate with the kids going door to door in this little party community. Yeah. yeah, so you have to buy one of those big assorted boxes. And it's like two hundred and fifty pieces of candy in there. It's like thirty bucks. Shwani, don't you think that the celebrity of the stature of Andy Mazur should just hand out $5 bills to all the kids? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, I agree. I got a bunch of 10s. Is so that going to do? Yeah. Autographed baseballs. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Get some I'm, football signed. Mm-hmm. probably have a lot of baseball swag. I do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from all my uh, all my years of collecting. Yeah. 
Uh, that would be nice. Some yeah. kid show up at your house just you know looking for uh, a Hershey bar, and they, uh, <laughs> they get, get a ten. They get they, <laughs> they get a ten spot and a baseball yeah. autograph by Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's Mickey Mantle? Uncle Dean. <laughs> That's not the one you play with on the street. No, you don't. <clears throat> Uh, so did you buy any no, when you were there? No, I haven't decided what I want to buy yet. Because what I buy is I buy what I like. Because there's never always, mind what they like; it's what you like. Well, how do I know what they <laughs> like? Kids like everything. Honestly, I could put piles of granulated sugar outside, and the kids would <laughs> stick their face in and eat it. Like I should put a trough in front of my house with granulated sugar. There you go. And the kids can just stick their faces in and uh, get get their fix. There was a house in my old neighborhood that my brother and I used to go to several times with different oh, yeah. masks on. Oh, because they had the good stuff. They had cans of pop. Cans of pop? They were giving away cans of yeah, pop. Yeah, I remember that. Every wow. once in a while, you'd get a can of Coke or Pepsi or something. So yeah. we'd switch masks. and yeah. We'd find somebody else to switch a mask with and go back. <laughs> get I a six-pack by the time wow, you're done. I never saw that. Oh, it was the best. We had someone that gave away cans of lima beans. That was. <laughs> I think I'd be throwing my mask at them rather than changing little, them. Yeah, disappointing. No one went home. to that house. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like succotash for <laughs> Halloween? Nothing says Halloween like like succotash. <laughs> I, you know, and I just like saying succotash. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun word to say. Um, what did I look forward to? I looked forward to the houses. Occasionally, there'd be houses that gave you full-size candy bars instead of the oh, yeah. Well, b- that was the case long before the bite-sized ones came out. We got full-size Milky Ways or full-size uh, Butterfingers. That was one of my favorites. Um, there was a rarity. Also, uh, Three Musketeers. Yeah. Remember Three Musketeers? Yeah, I, never liked, mm-hmm. I never liked Three Musketeers. No, they were, they were good. Yeah, they, they, nice uh, of the, chocolate. Of the three bars... Snickers, Three Musketeers, and Mars Bar. I was a Snickers man. You were a Snickers, Snickers man. All yeah, the we way. would get Snickers also, yeah. And packages of the caramel corn. I don't remember getting full-size bars. You don't? Often. No. Oh, yeah, we got them. We got them. Uh, you know, this was... Cheapskates in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this was before the bite-size can- candy came out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Back in the old days. Well, it, I, all right, it was. Before they had by you kids and your bite-sized candy. <laughs> we had real candy bars. Hey, remember when we used to make molasses bars? <laughs> Sorghum. Sorghum bars. <laughs> I used to like when uh, you get a nice popcorn ball. Oh, those, yeah. were good too, oh, yeah. those were good. Those yeah. were good. Homemade, because they were almost always homemade also. Uh, and they were super delicious. Occasionally, you get money. You get a nickel. Oh, I never got any mm-hmm. money. Yeah, occasionally, you get like a little nickel or something. I give those people credit. They didn't have to answer their door. Clearly, they were not prepared for Halloween, but just you know gave whatever they could from their house. Here's a nickel. I can remember a couple of houses just posting notes on the front door saying, we don't have anything. Go across the street. Oh, that's cold. They weren't even there. Yeah. The house was dark. There was a note, get the candy across the street. Don't come here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cold. I remember that once once or twice. Well, that's okay, because they handed out double across the street, and it was fine. Hmm. (laughs) 
Uh, somebody, wait, who put this out? Uh, oh, web, I'm sure the text line is going to go crazy this a, morning. A website called candystore.com put out a list of the, the most popular and least popular Halloween candy. Shawnee's mentioned one of the most popular already, the Butterfingers. Oh, yeah. I love the good Butterfingers. I can't, I can't do that anymore because it gets into my dental work. Your false teeth? Yeah, it bothers my gums. Hey, Grandpa. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what. We'll chew one up and spit it in your mouth like a bird. How about that? Get an eyedropper. Oh. <laughs> an eyedropper. Right. Like a little bit. I always said, Juan, he's like a little baby bird. Uh-huh. Fly, baby bird. Fly. Use your butterfingers, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's number 10, 10th most popular Halloween candy. Uh, number nine is the Twix bar. Okay, yeah. Twix? Yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Uh, the Kit Kat bar is number eight. Oh, yeah. I love a Kit Kat bar. Uh, the Hershey bar. Hershey bar would be my number one. I like... Just the plain old milk chocolate Hershey nice bar? Nice plain old milk yep. chocolate. Yep. Good old standby. Though. Good old standby. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Sour Patch Kids. Pass. Not 100% sure what that is. Is that just like a sour candy? Yeah, they're like little gummies, little gummy bear kind of things, but they're coated in sugar and it's sour. It's gross. Yeah. that like sweet, we didn't like have sweet tarts? It's it's not quite that uh, hard. It's, a, it's more of a chewy thing, yeah. Skittles are number five. Ooh, Skittles. Uh, the Hot Tamales. I did like Oh, yeah, those were good. I liked Hot Tamales. Uh, number three would be your Snickers bar. Number two, M and M's. I was going to say M and M's have to be up there. Yeah, number uh, M and M's are no, plain what? and peanut chocolate candies. <laughs> melt in your mouth, not in your hand. You melt in your mouth, not in your hand. That's right. Uh, Good and plenty on there. I am a uh, M and M peanut man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, yeah. yeah. I like the peanut. Um, no, uh, good. And no pl- good and plenty. No good and plenty, Charlie. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Charlie says Love my good and plenty Charlie says Love to ring the bell Bing Charlie says <laughs> Love my good and plenty Don't know any other candy that I love so well <laughs> And there's your song for the Sunday morning You wonder why Sunday morning serenade People wonder why we are a top rated show here on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> There's no other show giving you a recreation of your favorite Candy jingles. <laughs> Good old Choo Choo Charlie. Choo Choo Charlie. All right, so the number one candy? Number one is. What do you think? Reese's. Reese's, yeah. Reese's peanut butter cup. Is the number one candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. And the least favorite, I'm not going to go through the whole 10, but. Uh, and actually, I may not even go through any of them because I can't find it here. On the <laughs> I had it just a second ago, but now I can't find it. Uh, uh, oh, here, here, here. Worst, uh, the worst uh, candy, circus peanuts. I'm going to have to disagree with that. Yeah, those aren't awful. They're not great, but they're not awful. I like circus peanuts. Yeah, yeah they're good. Candy, well, maybe I am going to go through the top ten. Candy corn. Number two, Neko wafers, peanut butter kisses. Mm, yeah. 
Now, here's one that I really disagree with, the wax cola ball uh, bottles. Oh, those are awesome. I loved the wax, and I loved anything with wax. They were so good. The wax lips, the wax uh, fake teeth. Those cola bottles, yeah, you just bite but off the top, cola bite bottles. off the top, and yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Number six was Mary Jane's. I love Mary Jane's. I love almost everything that's on this worst list. Uh, Smarties, I always like those. Those are good. Licorice, big fan of licorice. And uh, I am the uh, exceptional weirdo that loves uh, black licorice also. I do too. Yeah, okay. Well, we're both weirdos. I guess we are. Uh, Number nine, Bit of Honey. I'm sorry, but Bit of Honey is fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Bit of Honey's good. That'll work yep. on your dental work. <laughs> yes, it you will. Wanna, you want to take some fillings out? <laughs> Go get some bit of honey. It's not just the fillings, it's the dentures. It's <laughs> and number 10, I couldn't disagree more with this one, Tootsie Roll. Oh, can't do Tootsie Rolls at all anymore. Oh. Yeah, but they're delicious. They're oh, so they're good. great. Yeah. See, now, as a kid growing up that was allergic to chocolate and a peanut butter. Oh, gosh. But I've since kind of grown out of it. The uh, the the uh, Tootsie Rolls that were flavored, hmm. they had little ones in little rolls that came in a variety pack. They had vanilla flavored, cherry flavored, lime flavored, lemon flavored. Lime Tootsie remember. Roll? They were remember. so good. I don't remember Oh, those. my God. Hmm. Oh, I love me some good old classic Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, those are good, too. I love the Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Pop? Yep. Yep. Were you a biter? No. No. I took my time with them. How many just licks like did the it take? Old, just like the old song, Chewy, Chewy, Tootsie Roll lasts a long time. <laughs> but the uh, the Tootsie Pop, though, the tendency would be to bite through oh, it. Oh, yeah. So you could get, get to the Tootsie Roll center. Of the sugar yeah, coating. Mr. And Mr. Owl took a bite at lick number three. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Owl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uncle Dean, what's Mr. Owl mean? For once, Andy's there. I go. It. Wow, we finally brought him over to the dark side. Schwani, huh? <laughs> I guess we did. <laughs> Didn't think it would take this long. It's time for America's favorite, the far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures. Each week presented to us beautifully, elegantly, deliciously by the one and only. Dave Chunky Bar Schwan. <laughs> Got to get the Tootsie Roll out of my dentures here. <laughs> Thank you very That's, much. I apologize for the visual image he's presented to <laughs> Thank you so much, Dean, and good morning, everyone. Get out your compasses, protractors, and your newfangled GPS devices, because today we go to one beautiful place, Charlottesville, Virginia. Ooh. Charlottesville, Virginia, also known as Seaville, is a city about a couple hours southwest of Washington, D.C., and the population around 46,000 people going back to 1762. Wow. But we mentioned Charlottesville today for a number of reasons. Uh, it is the home of Thomas Jefferson. Hmm. Um, the Monticello Estate is about three miles outside of downtown Charlottesville. You know he's personal friends with John Williams. I know I he is. Know I know. know that. That's right. They've been friends for uh, about uh, oh, 250 years They've now. They've gone to Saugatuck together <laughs> many times. <laughs> it is also the home of the University of Virginia. 
And I am very pleased to say that Gilda and I spent a delightful three days in Charlottesville touring Monticello. Wow. Also, uh, uh, for her, she attended the law school at the University of Virginia there. He, he designed... Did you get anything free while you were there? <laughs> All expenses paid. <laughs> Not no, no. But stop at the Williamsburg Toys R Us. Well, Williamsburg's store. ways away from from Charlottesville, but uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. Uh, Thomas Jefferson conceived the university, designed many of the buildings, many of which are still on the campus and in use. Hmm. I highly recommend any and all uh, visitors uh, there to take in the university and Monticello. Not only that, it isn't just a gorgeous part of the country and we were starting to see some fall color when we were there a couple weeks ago by now it's probably in know, just really in full bloom so charlottesville virginia a beautiful place to be and they are having some beautiful weather it's 60 degrees there they're going to have a sunny high of 66 today oh we're going to be partying like it's 1999 out at tree time christmas creations out in lake barrington two weeks from today We'll talk more about what we have uh, planned for the occasion, but it's going to be another uh, spectacular, including an appearance by one Dr. Kevin Most, uh, doing his uh, regular health segment live and in person out at Tree Time. Kevin, we're looking forward to seeing you out there. Indeed, I appreciate being invited. It's always good to see you guys. You know, we talk on the phone you know, all year. It's really our one opportunity where we get to shake hands and say hello to everybody. And uh, I just appreciate the friendship and the, the opportunity that you guys have given us. And uh, it'll be good. It'll be good to see the listeners as well as your team now. Yeah, likewise. Uh, we uh, we uh, appreciate Elton Jim coming. Elton, <laughs> Elton Jim is coming, but as he oh, would I say... i check my schedule again. Then. As he would... <laughs> As he would say, come anyway. <laughs> he'll be, he's, he's always entertaining. I, I have to oh, s- say that. There's never a shortage of uh, things to make fun of when Elton Jim is around. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about what we have. We have live entertainment. We've got all kinds of things uh, that we're going to be doing. But we're definitely looking forward to uh, seeing you out there and answering questions about uh, that which is uh, going on. We're talking about Halloween and Halloween candy uh, right now. Uh, you know, is it a, it's okay in moderation, right, for the kids to have a little candy for Halloween? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's, there's a couple things there. There's a health side of it as far as, you know, control of how much you're going to give somebody and, and allow them to kind of... Uh, Make sure that if you're going to go crazy, it's one day. And then after that, make sure that you slowly divvy it up because you really don't want to have these huge sugar spikes in these kids. But certainly don't take that away from the children for the one day. It's kind of a special day for them. Make sure they're safe. Probably the most important thing besides the candy is what costume are they wearing? Are they visible? And you have to remember that these kids, their goal is to fill that bag as quickly as they can. So you want to make sure that they're safe while doing that because it is part of the ritual being a kid. So the candy side of it is one side, but certainly making sure that they are dressed appropriately, very visual, and understand that running between houses can be harmful if you're not careful. Yeah. I mean, not not only that they are visible, you know, like with reflective colors and uh, things like that, but that they have visibility as well. 
you know, sometimes masks can cut off peripheral vision, uh, can, you know, cut off a, a, a field of vision that the kids may have. And if the kids today are like they were, uh, you know, when we were kids, you know, we were on the rampage. The second we got out of school, we're running around like like we had never eaten food before, uh, you know, trying to get as much uh, stash as we uh, possibly could. So, uh, you know, just make sure all of that. Is, it's it's a different day, isn't it? It's a different world that we're living in now with trick-or-treating from, from back when we were kids. It really is. And, you know, safety is one thing. Certainly the experience for children is important, but safety is one thing. Dean, if you remember the plastic masks that we used to have, sure. where the, the, the eyes were like just slits. Yep. I mean, it's amazing that we're all still around being able to talk about those masks. But right. uh, cer- certainly making sure your child is safe. And then, like we said, using the candy in moderation, controlling how much they have each day for a period of time is very important. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that goes for all of us grown up kids also that have the leftover candy uh, afterwards too. Uh, to go with moderation with with that as well. Uh, the other thing topically that I wanted to uh, talk about right now, we're getting toward the end of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, foods for fighting cancer uh, a little bit later on. But that that is a major part, isn't it, of uh, fighting not only breast cancer, but all kinds of cancer, eating the proper foods, correct? Absolutely. You know, eating the proper foods and then making sure you have the proper vitamins are very key. And eating the foods, you can actually get the vitamins that you need. But we also remember that cancer, you know, cancer is a very generic term. But what it usually is, is that a cell has decided that it is going to continue to replicate even though it is wrong. And normally when cells replicate and hit a point that they're going to stop replicating, with cancer cells, that doesn't occur. So one of the things we really look at is look at the antioxidants, you know, that control and correct cell dysfunction and cell misfortune. But also when we make sure that we're eating a diet that's appropriate, have all the vitamins that we need to make sure that we continue to have normal cell metabolism and stop those cancers from growing. I'm going to be doing uh, some Foods for Fighting Cancer recipes on television on uh, my cooking segments over the next couple of weeks. Uh, You know, uh, foods that are incredibly delicious, Uh, whether you're fighting cancer or you're not fighting cancer, these are going to be some recipes that are incredibly delicious. It just so happens that they are all the kinds of foods uh, that you should be eating for something like that. And again, uh, registered dietitian Christine Palumbo is going to join us later in the show to talk specifically about which foods you should go for and which foods you should try to avoid uh, in the uh, fight against cancer. Uh, Any headlines this week in the COVID front? Anything? It seems like it's been a quiet week. It's been a real quiet week, which is a little concerning for us. You know, the CDC is saying, hey, wait a second, the flu numbers are very low. Our RSV numbers are pretty low, but they're expecting a big bump here shortly. And we sit there and say, why is that? And I think it's because our flu vaccine numbers are actually low. So we're expecting that we know influenza is out there, but it's surprisingly low. That being said, a lot of hospitals are still at maximum capacity but it doesn't appear to be due to any infectious illness. It's just there's a lot of things going on right now that individuals are getting treated for. Does that mean that people are getting their vaccinations? Maybe people are 
being a little more cautious now. They they know a little bit more about what to do to not spread disease to other people. You would hope, but flu vaccines are down. COVID vaccines are way down. So that's a, probably one of our biggest concerns is our COVID numbers. And we, you know, we do huddles every morning in the hospital. We talk about how many employees are out with COVID. And that kind of gives us a pulse of what's going on in the community. Because right now, the only way we're testing for COVID in the community is through wastewater. So we really don't have a good grasp on the number of cases. We just know that it's out there and it's increasing. So certainly getting the influenza shot at this time, and I'll tell you, if you're immunocompromised and you haven't had COVID in a while, please get the COVID shot because those who have had it, my brother just had it for the last 10 days, and I can tell you, talking to him on the phone, you just heard in his voice how uncomfortable and how Mm. it was not you know, not a fun time. Yeah, even though it's still not it, it's not the danger that it was when it first came around, it's still no walk in the park uh, to get it, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let me take a break and we'll come back. I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, lots of people have their kids uh, either in high school sports, college sports, or even as we look at the professional world of uh, football, uh, the you know, concussions are... Uh, something that people are still dealing with. I want to learn a little bit more about that. And I wanted to talk about uh, these weight loss uh, injections that people are taking and whether or not that's a real deal or not. Uh, We'll also get to your questions for Dr. Kevin Most. With Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, and... uh, Concussions, uh, it is estimated, run $3.5 million each year in uh, the U.S. in sports and recreation. Uh, we know now that concussions can put people at a higher risk for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and uh, CTE. I'm, I'm amazed, uh, Kev, that we're not uh, seeing a reduction in that because there, uh, it seems like more and more there's just more... Uh, evidence that uh, people need to protect themselves more. Absolutely, Dean. You know, and you, you kind of hit it on the head right there is that we haven't seen any real vast improvement. Now, it's very difficult because, you know, especially in football players, soccer players, hockey players, the players are getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're getting stronger. So anything we can do from an equipment point of view seems to be offset by the speed of each of these games in the trauma that can happen during these games. So you're absolutely right that we're looking at saying, why are these continuing and what are we going to do about them? Because we do know, looking at chronic traumatic encephalopathies, you know, for these football players that have played for years, look at what we're seeing with increase in Parkinson's, increase in Alzheimer's and individuals who have had multiple concussions. So Probably the biggest thing is you don't want to step on a concussion. And what I mean by that is you have a concussion, you come back too early, and you have another concussion on top of it. That is where we know a lot of damage is being done to the brain. Are there uh, signs that there may have been a concussion uh, if it was not checked when an injury, you know, a a drop-to-the-ground kind of injury uh, may have occurred or just, you know, recurring contact Are there signs that uh, uh, people should look for that say this is something you might want to get checked out? Oh, absolutely. You know, and and we still see concussions outside of the sports arenas. You know, we still see concussions even with kids. 
you know, whether they're skateboarding and they fall off a skateboard or whether they're, you know, uh, riding a bike and crash. So certainly we know that that happens with kids. And really you're looking for headache, confusion, lack of coordination, nausea, vomiting, sensitivity to light, fatigue. The child that hits his head after an activity and isn't acting completely normal within a very short period of time, I would have a very high index of suspicion for a concussion at that point. And then what do you do? You go to get uh, a, a, a CAT scan, an MRI, what, what what follows that? Yeah, it, it's really interesting. For the vast majority of patients, we're not going to do much imaging for them unless they have very severe symptoms. The vast majority of them, we're going to sit there and look at it and go, okay, looks like you have a concussion, and now we're going to slowly start to allow you to come back to things. And really, when we look at um, return to work, return to school, return to activities, there's a, a five-step uh, process that pretty much everybody is using. And the first one is just simple rest, rest and recovery. Do not do anything, shut down, just kind of let yourself relax as much as you can. And this can go on for quite a few days. And then you want to start with light activity, and then you're going to go on to a little bit more intensive activity. You know, So it's very stepwise as far as how you advance, because like I said, you don't want to put somebody back into the field where they could have the same incident happen unless that concussion is truly um, has truly healed. 219 area code says, I've received my current booster on October the 9th. I presume they mean their COVID booster. I would like to get my flu shot today. Are there any issues with that? None whatsoever. Matter of fact, on October 9th, you could have got them both. Now, some people will say, I don't want them both because the side effects may be worse, and that's totally acceptable for individuals, but there's no reason why you can't get both at the same time. The immune system is smart enough to take care of it. Um, as a matter of fact, as we're looking right now, we talked last week, Moderna, Pfizer, Novavax are all looking at a vaccine that will have both influenza and COVID in the same shot to make ease and compliance much higher. Uh, here's one that says... Uh uh, ask Dr. Most if I can get my flu and COVID vaccine, even though I'm just getting over a cold. Well, if you're just getting over a cold, I would give it just a couple of days. Allow yourself to get back to at least your baseline. Your immune system is fighting off a cold. Cold being what could be any one of hundreds of different viruses. But let your immune system calm down a little bit. What I usually tell people is don't get it while you're sick. Wait till you, you've recovered from that. And in the meantime, during that time, make sure you're eating appropriately, make sure you're getting the right vitamins, so that when you do get the vaccine, it's focusing on the the, um, the, the two viruses that we're, we're looking at to protect you against. Right. So you theoretically could, but I'm always saying why. I would say wait a couple of days and get your health back. Ah, the good old days of just having a plain old cold. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when I was a youngster, you could just get a plain old cold. Uh, here is the 630 area code. Uh, ask Dr. Most to talk about the diet pill that everyone is taking. Uh, that is a keto gummy bear. Everybody is swearing that they're losing 20 pounds a month. I think it could be detrimental to people's health. Uh, I haven't even heard about a, a gummy bear in which people are losing 20 pounds a month. Have you? Well, you know, there's so many different things right now that are out there. And keto gummy bears, we're all sitting here saying, okay, wait a second. Are these really hype or are these, you know, 
you know, there's a lot of science behind it. And actually, I think it was on Shark Tank, if I'm not mistaken, was where a lot of people saw it. Mm. And really what they're saying is it's a fat burner, you know. And um, I, I wouldn't say that the science is out there right now. You can tell that because these are sold over the counter. They're non-prescription, at which time they can make any claim that they want. So I would say, hey, be really careful about what you're going to do and see how well. And talk to your physician about weight loss because there are other options at this point. So you want to be careful that you're not going to take some hype um, that has been you know, publicized on TV without a lot of science behind it. What a lot of people are talking about, very successful weight loss, is coming from Ozempic, is coming from Monjero, uh, is it Wegovi? Wegovi? I'm not sure how to yep. pronounce that. Yep, but, yep. you got it right, Wegovi. Uh, uh-huh. these, these are weekly injections that people take. Uh, explain what that does, and really, are those effective? Because I've heard pluses and minuses on, on all of those. Right. Well, the, the minuses are more along the lines of the side effects, we'll say. But let's just talk about the drug for a second. This drug is... Um, what we call GLP agonist. And what that does is it actually slows the emptying of the stomach is one of the ways it works so that it takes away your feeling that you want to eat more and then also slowly puts the nutrients in past your stomach. So that's good and bad in some reasons because we have some side effects where some people have gotten what we call stomach paralysis where the stomach just stops moving and the food then has a tendency to, uh, to essentially block up the stomach. But it's interesting, the reason that we even know this about this drug is this drug is used for diabetes. So it's a diabetes drug that really has worked well with diabetics. And while they were doing it, they noticed, well, wait a second, we have ice. people who are losing a lot of weight while controlling their diabetes. So all of the use of this is almost all off-label, where it hasn't fully been approved yet for weight loss. And yet the company has said, hey, for the next three to five years, we're not going to have enough of this drug because it is so popular and is being used by so many people right now for weight loss. Interesting. So uh, this is another one I would guess uh, you should talk to your physician to see if 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 this is the best route for you. 100%. And people have to understand, too, that if if you're going to do this and you lose this weight, the, the, the physician is going to talk to you, too, about, okay, we can lose this weight, and you can lose this weight fairly quickly over a what we would consider a fairly short period of time of months. But if we stop that medication, you go back to the way you were living, that weight's going to come right back on, like we see with a lot of diet fads. Right. So certainly it's going to be take that opportunity that if the physician says, hey, you know what, this would be a good drug for you, it's going to help you with diabetes, it's going to help your heart, you know, then this would be a good one. And at the same time, okay, now let's take this opportunity to change your lifestyle, change your activity, change how you're going to eat, because Losing weight and gaining weight is not good for your heart, not good for your circulation, um, and certainly not good for your mental health. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great Sunday today, Kev. Thank you. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Shwani, just so you're not uh, surprised, I have uh, submitted your name uh, for (laughs) nomination for uh, Speaker of the House. Andy, don't you think he would be a good? I think he'd be a tremendous speaker of the house. He's a great speaker of the newsroom. Oh, oh well, thank you. you know, thank so you very much. You can keep going, climbing upwards. Even keel looked at looks. We'll look at both sides yeah. of every argument. 
uh, you know, bring peace and harmony and moderation. <laughs> what other speaker could stand up there and hit the gavel? And then sing uh, a good and plenty good jingle. Good and plenty jingle, yes. <laughs> and my friend listening in Los Angeles this morning sent me um, the video of the actual commercial <laughs> from the Good and Plenty commercial. You have a ran fr- on Garfield Goose. You have a friend that's listening in Los Angeles. Yes, I do. Well, let me put it this way: You have a friend. I knew that was what. <laughs> what? And- Two weeks away from our. Free time holiday extravaganza. Even though it's not really near any holidays at all. Seems like they push this tree time show up every year. I think this is about the earliest we've done it. it. Yeah. We said we're going to be doing a tree time 4th of July holiday spectacular. <laughs> Which wouldn't bother me. Wouldn't bother me. Would be nice. And Andy could join us. Yeah, I'd be there. Yeah, Andy can't come because he's babysitting Hap and OB. <laughs> Uh, but we'll all be there uh, on uh, November the 5th with our uh, special broadcast. And we've got, uh, turns out we've got way more wedding vow renewals that people wanted to do. So we're going to be doing that now that I'm, uh, you know, official and I can actually marry people. Uh, we're going to be doing that. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, fun things that are uh, planned on the show this year. What is the status of our music entertainment? Uh, you said, unfortunately, that the, uh, the the good people we had last year, the, the Eddie Polka, Carosa, Eddie Carosa can't, can't make it. Eddie Carosa and the boys from Illinois yeah. uh, can't, can't make it. They have a previous engagement and uh, will not be able to make it. So we arranged uh, other uh, entertainment to be with us, I thought, you know, for a wedding, what's more appropriate than having a wedding DJ? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're going to have a, a wedding DJ who will, uh, you know, uh, provide music for the occasion. And plus, remember the Canterbury Carolers? Yes. That used to yes. come out and join us. Yeah. They haven't been uh, maybe for the last couple of years. But uh, they're going to be back out, and uh, they'll provide uh, acapella uh, entertainment and uh, so we'll have some fun with that we're going to have the stars of the uh, production of beautiful a carol king musical that is uh, out at the marriott lincolnshire they're going to stop by and they're going to perform for us live uh, so you know we should we should have uh, a blast sounds like a great lineup to me yeah can't wait two weeks from today and if you beg uh, Shwani uh, and I will are happy to sing uh, candy uh, jingles <laughs> from the 1960s. In fact, anybody can join us. This is a very uh, communal show. So, you know, you want to come out? You want to sing a candy commercial? <laughs> Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. bar. <laughs> We've got a million of them. <laughs> What's the Almond Joy one? I, I was trying to think. Oh, of sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond enjoy, enjoy has nuts. Mounds don't. Mounds don't. Because. <laughs> <laughs> what a thick. Because sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. Is that the rest yeah. of it? Okay. You yeah. remember this one? Goobers are delicious peanuts covered with chocolate. Raisinets are raisins covered with chocolate, too. Don't remember that. Oh, goobers yeah. and raisinets. Yeah. Goobers and raisins. You're a goober. You You're a goober in a raisinette. <laughs> <laughs> the raisinettes is one of my favorites. 
Uh, I'm also trying to arrange uh, to get Taylor Swift uh, to stop by. <laughs> I don't know if she's available, but uh, we're we're trying very hard. I understand she's a faithful listener to the she show. Is a faithful listener to the show is another lie that we're going to tell. <laughs> uh, so, uh, if you've listened to the show over the years, you know we're not above lying through our teeth. A slight exaggerations, like award winning. Uh, Taylor Swift is and not a fan. just any awards either. No, we picked the big ones. Yes, yeah. Chwani's won several Nobel prizes. I don't know if you know that. He's the Meryl Streep of Nobel prizes. No, more prize. like dumbbell prizes, not Nobel prizes. He's, dumbbell prizes. He's, a, he's the Meryl Streep of the Nobel Peace Prize. Was there a Double Mint gum commercial? Double your pleasure, double your fun with Double Mint, Double Mint, Double Mint gum. I think we can have some fun with this. I think we can, yes. All right. So we'll also be doing that. So that's all next, no, two weeks from today, November the 5th. We're going to have a pizza lunch, courtesy of Lou Malnati's. We always have a lot of fun and surprises uh, there's always a Dean's discount to shop at Tree Time, so you can you know pick up stuff for your holiday decorations. Uh, it's all at uh, Tree Time Christmas Creations on Pepper Road in Lake Barrington. We'll be on the air live from 9 until 11, and then uh, we go to Facebook from 11 to 12. Why is that, Andy? Well, because uh, the Bears will be playing the New Orleans Saints, so we have to get you ready for that game with the Hampton OB show starting at 11 that morning. So the Hampton OB with Andy will be on from 11 to 12 on the radio, but then we at Tree Time will go to Facebook Live. We'll go to the WGN radio page uh, where you will actually be able to watch the show as well as listen to it. Uh, and then at 12 noon... We're back on the air live, and that's when we're going to do all the wedding vow renewals and all, all things nuptial will be uh, after 12 o'clock. So that's uh, coming up. You want to get more details, go to WGNRadio.com slash events. In just a moment, Mr. Martin Scorsese joins me to talk about his brand new movie, Killers of the Desert. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Killers of the Desert. Killers of the Flower, Flower Moon. Moon. Killers. You interviewed the director? I, fortunately, the name of the movie... Did he give you the correct title of the film? Fortunately, it never came up during the interview. <laughs> Thank goodness. I don't know why I've had a block on this all week. Killers of the Flower Moon, one-on-one with Martin Scorsese. Next, it's 1022. This is Dean Richards, Sunday morning. So, a uh, new movie opened uh, this past Friday, uh, which is doing great box office business right now. It's uh, the movie called Killers of the Flower Moon. Many of you read uh, the original book, which uh, I'm told is amazing. I did not read the book, but it is a true story of what happened to the Native American Osage Nation at the turn of the century. The Osage were given a patch of land in Oklahoma that was uh, found to be oil rich, making them among the wealthiest people in the territory. And then people began to exploit these wealthy Native Americans. White men started marrying Osage women so they could not only live the life of luxury, but worse, inherit their wealth by murdering them. The so-called reign of terror swept this area, murdering Osage all over the place, so much so that J. Edgar Hoover's Bureau of Investigation stepped in to find out 
what was going on. That's basically what this movie is about. Leonardo DiCaprio uh, is uh, just back from World War One, comes to work for his uncle, played by Robert De Niro, a fat cat boss in that area who has his eye on all of the oil money. Uh, these two Oscar winners shine in their uh, dark, uh, dark roles in this story. Uh, but they meet up with a stoic Osage woman, played by Lily Gladstone, uh, who in many ways steals this uh, whole movie. She is sure to be up for Oscar contention for her dimensional, thoughtful role. This is a beautiful uh, movie that plays like a symphony with the Martin Scorsese on the podium, slowly unveiling each story, each section, rather, of this story of uh, deceit and greed and betrayal. Uh, my only problem with this movie, and I think it's kind of a major problem, this movie is way, way, way longer than it needs to be. It's three and a half hours long, really long. And I think that is going to be very challenging for some people. It's a beautiful Western. Uh, the attention to detail is uh, meticulous. But this movie could have been so much more by being so so shortened uh, and told the story in a more compact fashion. I wound up giving it a Dean's List B+, but had uh, a great time chatting the other day with the director of the movie, the legendary Martin Scorsese. I'm so interested in how you chose this story, what compelled you, and when you choose stories, what it, what it is that you look for. Well, in a case like this, the book was given to me by uh, my manager, and uh, Leo DiCaprio was uh, attached to it, and Leo and I had had good experiences in the past, so to speak. So, you know, I, was, I took it very seriously. But, you know, I also am a product of... Um, Hollywood cinema, besides Italian and British and others, but mainly Hollywood cinema of the 1940s and 50s. I was born in 42. Um, a key factor were the genres. And one of my favorite genres, or maybe the favorite for me, was the Western. Now, uh, I think the Western, uh, um, uh, that cycle of American Westerns, with that history and that point of view, etc., good and bad, um, uh, it ended with... Sam Peckinpah's uh, Wild Bunch. So, in a way, I'd always wanted to make something to do with the, the West. I even shot Alice Doesn't Live Anymore in the Southwest uh, of the country. So, for me, I, I was always drawn to it. I became aware of um, the uh, state of the Native Americans in the mid-70s, having to be uh, uh, being involved in a couple of days uh, venture there in uh, Pine Ridge in Dakota. And uh, I was uh, very young, and I, I didn't quite understand that um, there was a big difference between what I saw there and what I grew up on Westerns. And so for years, I was trying to put it together, put it together as part of the history of this country, um, because I'm fascinated by that, that, that sense of history and how how things and cultures change. Can they assimilate? If you assimilate, do you lose too much the original nature of the, of the cultures? All of these things. And so ultimately, when I got this, this book, um, I saw that it had the possibility of really delving into, uh, delving into this world. Um, but had to be a world that dealt with the Osage and their culture and their values and their rituals in a very, very specific way. Um, and I had to meet them. And when I met them, I found them to be open and, and actually trusting 
uh, and and uh, and so if they trusted me, I felt that that was an honor, and I had to live up to that. And I don't mean in a hagiographic hege- way, but uh, how to explore this story, uh, which has horrendous things in it, how to explore this as an example of our human behavior and our behavior as people coming from Europe. Um, how, how do, how do, who are we to let this happen and to continue to think this way, you know? And so having said that, that's what kept driving me into the picture. But what kept me curious about everything was not only the European, the European Americans and Bill Hale and Ernest and all of them, but the Osage and how they lived. And also how the, the nature of that world was something where people were all involved. In other words, I, I keep mentioning in the book, it was a matter of the Bureau investigation coming in to find out who did it. And I kept thinking, well, who didn't do it? It appeared that they all did it. We all do it somehow. Or can we? Are we all capable of doing it? Are we capable when we're put to the test? And we, sometimes we don't know what the test is, you see. And so it's just exploring who we are. Yeah. You talk about uh, these guys that you uh, usually work with, like Leo DiCaprio, like De Niro. What do these guys bring? Uh, because you do love to, to work yeah. with them and uh, yeah. include them in your projects. Well, Bob um, wanted to be involved, and uh, he loved the ca- he loved the idea of the character. We didn't have it quite down uh, in the first drafts, but eventually we got it. Um, and the fact that this character of Bill Hale, William Hale, the king of the Osage Hills, was, and this is what the Osage pointed out to me originally, they said, don't forget, Bill Hale was one of their best friends. And here we have The Irishman, and here we have, you know, uh, other films I made where in Goodfellas where people, your best friend is the one that comes and takes you down. And, and many people still believed, up to the point in which Bill Hale's funeral occurred back in, I forget what, what time in the 50s, I think, in any event, there was some Osage at his funeral. Uh, you know, uh, so I knew Bob would be able to find something in that, particularly with the language, which, by the way, he fell in love with the Osage language, which they were recreating, uh, because a lot of people have forgotten how it was, how it was constructed. Um, the language and being friendly with the, the Osage and the natives and everything. And Leo... Um, we were trying to find this character of Ernest uh, because we knew that the soul of the movie really is Molly and Ernest together. And that is based on trust and love. And then there's betrayal. What kind of betrayal? Was it intentional? Was he so delusional or was he was he so maybe not as bright to really believe that it wasn't going to happen? It was going to happen. You know, as Pesci tells uh, 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 Bob De Niro in the end of The Irishman, uh, sitting in the Howard Johnson's, he says, no matter what you do, he just looks at him and says, it's, it's going to happen. Jimmy's going to be killed. There's nothing you can do about it. And Leo, I think, his character, and this is what we were trying to find, is like pushing that off. No, 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 no. We're never. All right, I'll give her this or I'll do this and she'll slow down. And But deep down, there's subliminally, he knew that they were asking him to kill her. And then what? He's next. All of this is, but it's his uncle. That's all in the family, so to speak. And this is what we thought would be great to explore. But I know Leo would go there to play this character is so weak. He is so weak. And yet, as she says, Coyote wants money. And he says, sure, I want that money. 
<laughs> I want to make. I like money. Yeah, the uh, movie is on target to be the number two movie of the weekend, uh, just behind Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour, which looks like it will be the number one movie. Again, I'm going to have much more on this tomorrow morning on the WGN-TV Morning News. In 1996... We did our first four-hour town hall meeting on where we are in the fight against breast cancer here on WGN. It became an annual event, for which I'm honored to say that we have won uh, numerous awards for our breast cancer uh, specials over the years. I don't remember in which year we moved it over to the television side, and we have been doing the show Stories of Hope. Uh, stories of breast cancer on uh, WGN television. Uh, and that, by the way, will be uh, coming up again next Saturday night, Saturday, October 28th at 6.30 Central Time. Uh, stories of Hope Facing Breast Cancer. Uh, Dina Bear, medical reporter Dina Bear and I uh, return as hopes, uh, as hosts, rather, talking about a whole variety of Uh, new issues uh, regarding uh, breast cancer and cancer treatment in general, uh, fertility and uh, breast cancer, new guidelines for mammograms, a breast cancer vaccine uh, among the many topics. And um, one of the things that we'll also be talking about are nutrition tips and foods for fighting uh, cancer, something that I wanted to get into a little bit uh, here today with Longtime friend of the Sunday show, Christine Palumbo, registered dietitian out in the Naperville area. Hello there, my friend. How are you? Hello, Dean. It's, I, I just smiled when you said that. Thank you. I'm great, and uh, I'm enjoying this glorious Chicago autumn weekend, uh, I bet, as much as you are. Wow. It is uh, absolutely gorgeous outside. We should have uh, much, many more days like this and far few uh, of the rainy, icky uh, kind of days that bald guys in particular can't stand. <laughs> so I hear. I agree. So I hear from bald <laughs> yes. guys. Um, that's, that's, why, that's why hats were invented, for people like you, right? That's exactly correct. I mean, I'm definitely in hat season right now. Um, how, how big uh, a factor is what you eat regarding uh, fighting cancer, preventing cancer, breast cancer, or otherwise? What you eat can be, think of it as food being medicine. So it can actually help reduce your risk of developing various types of cancer, including breast cancer. And if you're under treatment or you're trying to um, hold it at bay, it can uh, have a major effect as well. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking with you this morning about foods that can help you reduce your risk of developing breast cancer based on the evidence, based on the science. Yeah, since, since we did that first breast cancer special mm-hmm. in 1996, I can't believe it's been that long ago now. <laughs> Uh, but uh, there have been major strides in fighting cancer, in fighting breast cancer, yet uh, 2.3 million women still were diagnosed with uh, breast cancer uh, in, uh, in a year's time. 685,000 died from breast cancer globally. 
by the end of the year 2020, there were 7.8 million women alive because they were diagnosed with breast cancer and did something about it early. I mean, that still remains uh, the uh, big key with this. So it's still a, uh, a something you know of concern. We just lost uh, actress Suzanne Summers mm-hmm. uh, the other day mm-hmm. to an aggressive form mm-hmm. of uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so you know those, those are are some of the issues. Are there certain foods that contribute to uh, cancer in general? Well, the science suggests that the American diet or American dietary pattern uh, with its emphasis on a lot of uh, overly processed foods um, contributes. And the reason why uh, they're, they're saying this is that uh, uh, p- women who or people who move from Asia where you have a traditional Asian diet, they move to the United States and they adapt the westernized or American standard diet and rates of various types of cancer increase. So that is, um, I think that's, you know, quite the red flag there. Yeah, is that the same with Mediterranean diets or traditional diets from around the world that are less processed, uh, yes. less less yes. filled with chemicals, yes. uh, etc.? Et, yeah. et same thing? Yes, the true Mediterranean diet that you're very familiar with, being Greek, um, definitely it's an anti-inflammatory, um, helps to stave off the uh, lifestyle diseases that we see so much in this country. And, um, you know, I just want to throw out something. We, we, you know, we used the word processed a couple of times just now. If anything, if there's anything that our listeners can take away with, the, the best foods for you the, um, are, are those foods that don't have an ingredient list or don't have a nutrition facts label on it. So think of, you know, the, the foods that, you know, you were mentioning earlier uh, this morning about going to the grocery store. And I know you were joking. You were saying you're, uh, you had, uh, you know, covered over the things in your grocery cart. <laughs> but the, the foods that, that the grocers showcase at the entrance of every store, the produce department, you know, they, they proudly show off their beautiful fruits and vegetables. Those are the foods that we need to be eating more of and less of the foods that have ingredient lists, long ingredient lists with, uh, you know, the, the cliche is names, that names you you've never pronounce. heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was I was looking at some labels yesterday. I I I I, I do joke about covering uh, my food, <laughs> but I do go shopping every Saturday morning early. I'm yeah. out there, yeah. Uh, yeah, looking oh so pretty. I might add, by the way, for those, <laughs> for those of you who see me out there. Uh, but I was reading. I, I'm a label reader. It takes me forever to shop because I'm a label reader, mm-hmm. and I forget mm-hmm. what it was that I was looking at yesterday. Uh, the uh, I, I look at the label thinking that it's going to be fairly simple, and mm-hmm. it was like a, a you know a scientific journal or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand yeah. one thing that was out there. I put it right back on the shelf. and said, "I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this." Yeah. Can I can I ask what that food was, Dean? I'm trying to. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a bottle, yeah. a jar, yeah. a bottle of something or other. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't remember what it was. It may have been. You know what it was? It was a, a jar of uh, marinara 
because I had just made some fresh marinara mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. I took yep. some, it was canned tomatoes that I used, but it was just tomatoes. Yep. There, there were no other yep. additives but tomatoes in the can. Uh, tomatoes, onion, and garlic. That's it. And some fresh uh, basil. That's all that went into it. And it was so delicious and so wonderful. So I was curious what I was in the pasta aisle. I, I looked at uh, a jar of, uh, you know, marinara sauce to look how it compared to the one that I had just made. And it was mm-hmm. all this scientific gobbledygook on there. Yeah. I thought, no, yeah. well, no wonder people are getting sick. Look at all the junk that's in the food. When you can, well, you know, it, it, it's yeah. so easy just to open a yeah. can of crushed tomatoes, yeah. saute yeah. some onions, saute some garlic, yeah. and you're making exactly the same thing, only a hundred times better for you. Exactly. A few pinches of dried herbs, oregano, basil, yeah. you can throw in a little few flakes of um, red pepper, and you're saving money, It and it makes your house smell good. So that's a perfect example of something that you could yeah. easily make from at home and save money and eat better. Now, yeah. not to say there are, you know, people listening to this show this morning whose lives are so busy that they consider cooking, um, boiling some pasta like spaghetti and opening up a jar of sauce and adding some pre-shredded cheese. And if that's the best you can do, you know, then that's fine. You know, I mean, there's times in our lives when we're all super busy and that's well, better than I'm tell- I'm uh, going you, through the drive-thru. It's, it's <laughs> not that much harder to open up a can of tomatoes, yeah. onion yeah. and garlic and make your own. It literally will take you maybe five minutes longer. You don't have five yeah. minutes to save your life because yeah. that's, well, that's really the... the that's really yes, the point you, of all of this. Yes, what can exactly. you do to make things healthier and and prevent mm-hmm. cancer, yeah. Yeah. prevent yeah. illness? We're talking mm-hmm. in October, mm-hmm. we talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but that's just one of the other things. What are, what are some of the other foods that people mm-hmm. should uh, definitely uh, avoid? Well, the, one of the big ones that... I think a lot of us know about is um, processed meat. So by processed meat, I mean meats like ham, bacon, salami, sausages, hot dogs, lunch meat, and meat jerky. And that's a lot. And that's, you know, that's a lot of people's daily fare. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever eat these things. I certainly do. I, I went to the I went to um, see the Cubs last month, and I told my husband, "I want to have a hot dog," right. you know, because there's not so. And I enjoyed every bite of it. Uh, but uh, processed meats have been, you know, cured, smoked, or otherwise preserved, and there are nitrates that uh, are used. They're preservatives that are used to provo- prevent the growth of bacteria and extend that food's shelf life. But what happens is these nitrites create chemicals called N nitroso compounds that can damage our DNA and lead to cancer. Mm. Now, you may ask, well, I've seen hot dogs or lunch meat that say um, no nitrates added, only celery power, excuse me, celery powder uh, or other natural storms of nitrates, but they likely also have health risks. Okay. Um, let me take a quick break, and when we come back, what I would like to do is talk about alternatives, things that we can replace some of these things with that are much more healthy for you and our foods that fight cancer. 
uh, registered dietitian Christine Palumbo with us. 10.52, and we are back with Christine Palumbo, registered dietitian, talking about foods that fight cancer. So you've told us uh, many of the things that we should not eat. What can we replace them with? You know, if I want a ham sandwich, now you've, now you've got me worried. What, what, do I, what do I have instead of a ham sandwich now? If I want oh. uh, a breakfast sandwich with uh, some egg and bacon on it, now you've got me worried. What, what, what do I replace all these things with? Okay, so I'll give you a couple of replacements, but I also want to go into the, the bigger category of, um, you know, the various uh, vegetables and fruits that can help reduce our cancer risk. But so replacement foods, uh, well, chicken. You could make an entire chicken, like I did last night, in fact, and then have leftovers, and then you can slice off of that, um, you know, what's left, and have a nice chicken breast or chicken thigh sandwich. Nice chicken sandwich, okay, all right. Exactly, and it's delicious. And the same thing with turkey, goodbye. Turkey parts, and of course, we've got Thanksgiving turkey coming up. We'll be um, eating a lot of leftovers. Uh, Tuna, tuna in the can. But, 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 if I go to the deli counter at the store, and I have them slice me off some turkey. Isn't that also filled with chemicals and things like that? You know, it's it's not 100% clear to me the risk level of uh, chicken uh, or turkey at a deli. There are preservatives. So if you think about it, it doesn't last quite as long um, as, or I should say, it, it lasts longer than if you were to have a fresh chicken or fresh turkey in your refrigerator. Yeah, like a turkey there breast are, or something, a turkey yes. breast or a chicken, something. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. do, do, so it, they do add, they uh, do add some preservatives and they do add a lot of sodium to uh, help preserve and keep that lunch meat yeah. fresher longer. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So tuna, uh, salmon, uh, you can buy salmon fillets when it's, when they're on sale or you could buy Canned salmon, you can make yourself a uh, nice sandwich that way or salad. Um, uh, but in terms of that bacon or sausage in the morning, my best advice to you, the Dean, is to have it only once in a great while. Yeah. Just an egg sandwich then. Just have a... Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of foods that can, you know, other foods, so the big category, you know, fruits and vegetables in general can help uh, reduce your risk of breast cancer and other cancers because they contain cancer protective phytochemicals and narrowing down those vegetables and fruits that are high in carotenoids and also those that are the cruciferous vegetables. Which ones are so those? Because we have we yeah, have like so, less than a minute left here. So yep, we, yep. what what should I go so, shopping for today? Okay, green leafy vegetables. So under that category, romaine lettuce, spinach, greens like mustard and collard greens, kale. bok choy, Swiss chard kale, yep, yep, watercress and arugula, and then carrots, uh, winter squash, which you can chop up with other fall vegetables and bake them on a sheet pan, and you've love got it. love it, yeah, wonderful. Makes a nice casserole. broccoli. Yeah, again, broccoli, you can put that on a sheet pan and uh, add some Parmesan cheese and a squeeze of lemon when you pull it out. Delicious. My grandson, who's 10, loves that form of broccoli. Yep. Uh, cabbage, cabbage, you could throw that into coleslaw. You could throw that into soup. Probably br- like Brussels mix. sprouts. Uh, uh, speaking of cabbage, Brussels sprouts yes. probably yes. would fall into yes. that too, right? 
That is a cruciferous vegetable. Absolutely. And that's very popular in the fall. And then cauliflower, another cruciferous vegetable. Throw okay. it in the oven with some rosemary, olive oil, salt and pepper, and okay. you're, you're good. All right. We're going to have to leave it there because we're out of time. But if people want to get more information from you, Christine, what's the best way? Well, I have a website, and it's my name, so it's christinepalumbo.com, and um, thank you very much for having me today, Dean. Always nice to talk to you. Great information. We appreciate it.